This is Making Shift Happen, and I'm your host, Jen Cates. Over the years, I've coached hundreds of clients to find their ideal self through the way they nourish their bodies and minds, and now I'm here to help pass on these same strategies to you. So let's stop the madness and get your results once and for all. Let's go. Hello, fam. Welcome to another episode of Making Shift Happen. My voice is a little funny because I actually got a mountain bike ride in. What? What? And that involved breathing really hard and cold air. So those two things make my vocal cords a little strange. I think I sound okay. I think I sound fairly normal. But please, be patient with me. Be understanding. Be kind. Uh, Hopefully my voice is okay. But today... We're talking about what to do if you're too tired to work out or ride, all right? I want to be clear about this, though. This is not an episode where I will talk about going harder and just doing the workout regardless of how you feel or, you know, I don't know, like all that other crap because hell no, that's just not my style since long gone are the days that you know, are all about the go hard or go home mentality or, or what is it? Sweat is, is, is your, what is the hell is that statement? Sweat is weakness leaving your body or some bullshit. I don't know. I mean, sure. That shit sounds motivational. Fine. For some people, not for everyone, but I will say for some people, yeah, I can light a fire under someone's ass. All right. If that's what you need, more power to you. But I really think that, that, that mentality of no pain, no gain, And all of that stuff is just simply bullshit. And I'm just not going to tout it. It's not my style. It's not how I think it's going to be best for folks to make changes, (laughs) to make shift happen. And quite honestly, that's the title of my podcast. So literally the title of my podcast, Making Shift Happen, just encompasses the idea of what do you need to do or what should you do? I don't want to use the word should, but what must you do? in order to actually elicit change, all right? And that's what I try to center my approach and mentality around. And I know, I know some people, yeah, sure, you need the fire under your ass in order to do things, I get it, but that's where accountability and actions come into play and not necessarily go hard or go home type of thing, all right? So much love to you. Instead, I want this episode to share with you the things that you, that may be worth exploring for you, all right? This is your journey and I want to make sure that you explore what may work best for you, but please know that this may even change day to day for you, depending on a variety of things like stress levels, sleep, and what the hell's going on in your life, because these things can make a huge difference when it actually comes to how the hell you can show up in your day-to-day life. And we need to be able to appreciate that, all right? So this isn't a matter of making an excuse for you or anything. It's it's a reasonable thing to ask of yourself, all right? So let's dive in. Let's dive in and explore these these handful of things that I've I've kind of put together on what you can do if you're too tired to work out or ride or fill in the blank, go for a run, whatever it is, okay? So the first thing, it actually goes really hand in hand with what I talked about last week. And that's to get curious. You have to get curious. The first step is to get curious. Are you getting sick or are you already sick and you're trying to work out? You know, do you, um, 
Ah, this is an important thing. You know, do you have a health condition that needs some attention, perhaps maybe even an autoimmune condition or chronic fatigue syndrome? These things are very valid and they should be, they're valid and they're nuanced and they should be recognized and acknowledged by both you and your medical provider. All right. As well as your coach. If your coach is not me, of course, because of course I do that. You know, Uh, I mean, hell, my mom has an autoimmune condition. I think I've developed one after having COVID earlier this year. And, you know, I get it. I, this is something that shouldn't be, you know, just excused or like, oh man, I should be doing so much more, blah, 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 blah. No, having an autoimmune condition is something that just requires a little bit more attention because it is a silent it's a silent disease. It's a silent thing to, to, to handle and to, to navigate because all too often people who do have autoimmune conditions, generally speaking, they look fine, quote unquote, fine, whatever the hell that means on the outside. Right. And you don't know what's going on inside. And that's why autoimmune conditions are often called, called like a silent condition, you know, because the person in essence feels like they're just suffering in silence. And like they, you know, they don't look sick. That's always the, that's always the thing that people say. Oh, you don't look sick. I, I'm surprised you have MS or I'm surprised you have, I don't know, Sjogren's or whatever the hell, fill in the blank, right? Mm, if you're that person that says those things, please, for the love of dog, stop saying those things, okay? It's such an ableist thing to say. And, and I'm going to call you in. I'm not calling you out. I'm calling you in to help change your perspective a little bit and maybe be a little bit more gentle with your word selection and how maybe you're communicating with someone. Okay. Um, you know, maybe besides autoimmune stuff or maybe even getting sick or having another health condition, you know, do you have a kid or other extenuating circumstance and you get limited sleep? Is it your period? If you're a menstruating individual, you know, all of these things are things that can impact your fatigue level and your energy level and your just your desire to work out, okay? And we have to be gentle with ourselves and in acknowledging that. I will go ahead and say that if you're sick, chances are you shouldn't really do anything except something very easy. So instead of working out, maybe you should probably do something like an easy flow yoga, not hot yoga. I said easy flow yoga or something like yin yoga. Yin yoga is great because you hold these these positions, postures, I think is what they're, they're technically called. I'm not a yoga instructor, so I apologize. Um, but yeah, you're holding these postures for an extended period of time. And, you know, that might be very relaxing and calming for a lot of people, okay? Uh, as long as you're not cursing too much under your breath while you're holding those positions. But, um, you know, maybe consider doing something like an easy flow yoga a short walk, maybe even some mobility or self-care like like stretching or self-massage. I'm real big on that. But first things first is you have to get curious about what is causing your fatigue, all right? Understanding that is going to help you understand how to approach things, all right? So that should really be your first step. Second thing to consider is, you know, sure, we're talking about your body and your physical feelings, you know, here. Um, and that's fair uh, because you need to feel good and you need to feel more alert maybe to actually do something active. But I think it's really important to check in on how the hell your headspace is. All right. How are you doing mentally? How's your mental health? Mental health, is it humming right along? You know, are you feeling pretty good? Now I will go ahead and say that working out 
or spending time outside in nature can help with your headspace. And it may also help with sleep. So if you're tired because of a reduced sleep, you know, not including having kids and all this other stuff, right? It's a circle. It's, it's a, it's a vicious cycle. Not getting sleep. Great. Then you're tired. Then you're too tired to work out the next day. So then you take a rest day. Then that you're going to have a harder time sometimes getting to sleep and having a restful sleep because you're not having a way or finding a way that helps reduce your stress, right? And sometimes working out, especially if you do like an easy zone two thing, check the link in my show notes for an episode all about zone two, because you're going to hear me talk about zone two a couple times today. Okay. Sorry, not sorry. Um, you know, it's a cycle and you, you need to be able to break out of that cycle in order to help yourself get the sleep and recovery and rest that you need in order to then start to feel a little bit more human and start to feel like, Hey, I don't need to question whether or not I need to work out because I'm actually feeling really good. I feel like I've gotten enough rest and so on and so forth. Okay. So yeah, checking in on your mental health space is, is important, but do keep in mind that there are some things you can do. You know, get outside, hug a tree, go for a hike, things that are easy that might help you just feel better. If you don't have the accessibility to go for a hike and, you know, spend the gas money to go to a local uh, trail, that's fine. See if you, you can maybe go to a local green space that you have, you know, whether it's a park or something like that. Generally with city planning, regardless of kind of where you are in the city, you do have access to a a green public park. I do know that some people, yeah, their neighborhoods might not be as safe in terms of, you know, how safe the park and stuff is. So yeah, obviously I recognize that. Just do what you can. All right. Even if it's just going outside and and putting your bare feet on the ground, I I don't know if you're, if you're comfortable with that, but you know, go touch grass. (laughs) Um, Okay. Third thing. And this is probably the most common thing that I know for myself works really well, as well as a lot of my clients, you know, over the years, they just, they find that they try warming up for, for just a few minutes at first. All right. Give, give yourself like three to five minutes. I know some people are like, yeah, 10 minutes and then I'll know. Hell, I think you're going to know in the next, in three to five minutes, you know, just try to start moving your body, move it for a bit and then check in with yourself. How do you feel? How do you feel self? Is it feeling better or making you feel better and a bit less tired? Do you feel like you should keep moving? You know, use the warm up as a check in point with yourself. Sometimes, after you've already done steps one and two, like you've gotten curious, you know, you've checked in with your mental health space, sometimes it, you need to go that next step, the third step, and just start kind of moving and just see how it feels and see how your body responds to that. All right, that's going to be incredibly, incredibly important. Okay, so start warming up, kind of moving your body, even just putting on your workout clothes or your whatever clothes that you're wearing is going to be incredibly important to just getting moving. God, sorry, my nose itches. I need to, I had to itch it. Um, But yeah, you know, start moving, see how it feels. Now keep in mind, this movement should be easy. All right, warming up should be easy don't go hard. (laughs) Like don't feel like you need to punish yourself. All right. You want to be, I want you to be friends with yourself. I want you to be friends with your body. All right. So try warming up for a few minutes, check in, see how you feel. 
Milo just agreed. He, uh, he just sighed in the background. So much love to Milo. All right. Fourth thing, do something you love to do instead of what you feel like you're supposed to do. All right. And I'm doing air quotes. You can't see me. I talk with my hands. Um, but I'm doing air quotes around the word supposed to do, uh, because if you're feeling lackluster about your training or program, sometimes that calls for a deload week or reduced workouts or something like that. Maybe even adding in something that you love. This could be, you know, adding in something that you love, like, I don't know, pole dancing. I have a handful of clients that love to do pole dancing like once a week. Same thing with, I have a handful of clients that love to go swimming one, one day a week because it just brings them joy. And I will be honest, like swimming, it's so just, it can be very relaxing unless you're anxious around water. Like some people, I know I recognize that because I see you, I feel you, I am you. Um, but you know, things like pole dancing is also fun because it's in a group dynamic usually. And it's cool because you can do a punch card once you do like your intro stuff at a pole dancing studio. Um, and it's actually like a really good workout and it's really good for your upper body and core. And honestly, it really helps with just your like being able to move your body in space. And let me go ahead and also say that pole dancing is for everyone. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're a penis owner or whatever. Okay. It does not matter. Gender, sex, it, it does not matter. Okay. I know that they are usually more appealing to women and some non, non-binary folks. I get that. I totally get that. But I will go ahead and say like, you're going to feel kind of sexy when you start to do something about pole dancing. Um, it's going to bring about some level of confidence that maybe you didn't even know that you needed in your life. And that's why I have a handful of clients who do that. You know, uh, I also have an, another handful of clients that do, you know, uh, Pilates once one day a week or yoga a couple days a week. Do, you got to do what brings you joy, friends. And whatever your heart desires is so important. Um, I mean, now in the off season for some, uh, a couple of my clients actually, who are really, really hard hitters during the, during the season for biking and for running, ultra running and stuff, I'm, I'm opening up a chapter for them to have a month to six weeks of just chilling, doing the bare minimum, moving their body, but having fun. We're emphasizing having fun. You want to know why? Because they, uh, I'm just going to say it. They, they fucking slay it the rest of the year. I mean, they work so hard. Like I'm jealous of their work ethic and just the ability to show up so consistently for themselves. I will go ahead and say they're able to do this because usually they do early morning workouts. They're up at like 5 a.m. doing that shit in the 5 to 6 a.m. hour. You know, they're done by 6.30. Guess what? They're at work by 8 a.m., you know, sometimes 9 a.m. And they have they have kids, like they have like lives. Uh, it's really quite impressive. That's not for everyone. Again, I'm not going, I'm not going the route of go hard or go home. I'm just letting you know that it's very possible. It's just a matter of kind of figuring out what you might need to switch around. And sometimes you just need to chill for a month or two every year, especially if you hit it so hard, like nine to 10 months out of the year, if you're training really, really hard, it is probably a really good idea to chill the fuck out for like a month. 
I'm not kidding you. I'm not telling you to go go on your sofa and eat bonbons, you know, to watch endless Netflix uh, repeats and stuff like that. Although that sounds amazing. It's just you have to give yourself grace. You have to understand that you cannot go hard 365. You, you just can't. You can't. Even Olympians don't do that. And they make money doing athletics for a living. I mean, everyone, every single person I have ever known who has also worked in professional sports, we're talking about people who've made millions of dollars a year, millions. They, they work for the NFL, NBA, like you name it, right? Whenever I've talked to them, they have always said how they always have at least one to two months every year where it's just chill. They do something that they love. You know, they'll do things that sometimes maybe they're not allowed to do, like in the in-season. <laughs> uh, I probably shouldn't say it out loud, but like, well, no, you don't know the names, but like some of them are like, you know, I really love to play soccer. <laughs> so like, it's not, it's not allowed in their contract for them to play soccer, obviously for fun, even for fun, like during the in-season, but hey, during the off-season, they could play with their kids, which is really rad. It's stuff like that. So please know, like, if fucking professional athletes who make millions of dollars doing this literally take one to two months of just chilling the fuck out, then it is okay for you. And apologies, not not even, I'm not even going to say sorry for cursing just then. It's just, I don't know what else I need to say to like kind of get this through folks' heads. I, I just don't know. We are, humans just have this knack for thinking that, oh great, if we're not getting the results that we need, we just need to go harder. We just need to do more. No, man, you need, sometimes you need to fucking do less in order to do more, in order to see more results. And it's hard as hell to come to that, that point. All this to go back to number four here, (laughs) just do something you love. Do something you love. Seriously, you know, I mean, For me, I love to do like CrossFit WOD at least one day a week, all right? Maybe two days a week, depending on the season. That's just me, all right? So I'll do my shred strong. I'm doing my Olympic lifting. I've I've started to reincorporate my Olympic lifting in there. So like snatch and clean and jerk and stuff because that shit brings me joy. I love slinging a barbell over my head. It just makes me in all of my five foot two glory feel good. So I want you to pause right now and ask yourself, hey, what is something that brings me joy? Is it dancing? You know, is it is it pole dancing maybe even? Is it maybe doing some like hip hop dancing? Is it doing yoga, swimming, CrossFit? I don't care. Just what is your heart desire? It will bring you joy. The more that you can have fun while you're training, it's not going to feel like training technically, you know, so just something to think about. All right. I think I talked for like four minutes just on that, but you, you friends, I love you because you, you haven't pressed stop. Hopefully <laughs> and you're still listening, but I just, I don't know what else to say. I don't, it, it like kills me. I'm trying not to cry right now, but it like kills me when I see people think that they have to do more in order to achieve more. And yes, sometimes that might be true, but if you're already killing yourself, I should use different words. If you're already just like slaying it in your workouts and you're already showing up, chances are that you don't have to do more. All right. You, you just don't. You just need to have a little bit more of a, a focused intention on some of your training and accountability and just showing up, blah, blah, blah. 
but then also do some joy, do some soul miles every, every, every week. I'm, I'm real big on that. I'm real big on that. Um, anyways, all right, let's move on to number five. <laughs> Can you tell I'm passionate about this stuff? Um, con- consider, just consider flirt with the idea of reducing load reducing your resistance, reducing the number of reps you're going to do or the distance or whatever you're doing that day for training or working out, consider just reeling it back a little bit. All right. Maybe make it an easy zone today. Hey, I told you I was going to talk about zone two. Again, check the link in the show notes to learn more about zone two. If you're the type of athlete who thinks I don't need to do zone two, I already have a base chances are you need to do zone two, right? That is actually one of the biggest reasons why I haven't, and I'm going to go ahead and call them in. This is one of the reasons why I have not tested trainer road as an app in a while, because whenever I do a sample program with them, guess what? They never have me do. Yep. Zone two. I don't care if you're training for the level freaking 100. I don't care if you're training for some epic race. If you don't have the ability to go slow in your training, your body is just going to be maxed out. And I can tell you this because athletes I've worked with over the years who are resistant to including zone two in their training are always, and I will say always, and that is a word I don't use very often. They're always the ones that will feel overtrained, like they're working too hard. Their resting heart rate is not cooperating with them. Their HRV, heart rate variability, is also not cooperating with them. And they're wondering why they feel like shit. And, you know, they've gotten to this point where, yeah, they're starting to podium at certain races, and that's going to stoke the ego, all right? Because this is when ego is not your amigo friend, all right? They're doing all this stuff. They're starting to podium. They're starting to perform really well in their athletic endeavors, which is awesome, right? But then they get high on that. And then they start to feel like, oh, man, I'm starting to feel beat up. All right. It's because they, they have no easy days. They don't know how to go easy. Their mitochondria doesn't know what the fuck to do when they're just recovering. And zone two, I mean, there's just such a huge body of research on the benefits of zone two. But we're resistant because we're strapped for time and we're a time crunched athlete and XYZ to the point to where we feel like we, again, that mindset of we need to go harder in order to accomplish more. No, I need to do intervals instead of zone two. That's all I have time for. No, if you have 30 minutes to 60 minutes to do intervals, then you should do a zone two. All right. Because you're already doing intervals more or less when you're out on the trail that week or blah, blah, blah you know, and you're kind of wondering why you've got this like thing going on with your hip or you've got this thing going on with your low back or your thing going on with your shoulder. It's because you're freaking overtraining. You're not, you're not recovering. You're not recovering well, or you're doing too much in your training. I mean, there's a variety of reasons what could cause it. Sure. Including some genetic malformation, uh, malformation of like your hip or shoulder joint. Yeah, I get that. I respect that, but you might be doing too much, right? So consider just showing up for your workout, but lowering your expectations, lowering your reps, resistance, load, whatever it is, distance, you know, intensity, whatever it is, because then you're going to make it feel kind of like a juicy little warm up or it's going to feel good to you. And that's what you want. All right. So those are, you know, the six or five things that you can do to kind of check in with yourself 
and what to do when you're too tired to work out. Now, things that you can do to improve your fatigue. I'm just going to skim over these because I have other episodes I've talked about with these topics. Again, check the show notes. I'm not going to cover everything, but these are things that are important that maybe you should reflect on just to make sure that you're doing all that you can do, right? First thing is rest days. <laughs> Ask yourself if it's time for a deload week. I know I mentioned this earlier, but you know maybe it's time to just take a damn week or two off. Remember, rest is when you get stronger. You have to mix in rest days with the workout and riding or training days, okay? So yeah, if you're doing strength training, which you should, I mean, ideally it's 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 fantastic to include year round, all right? If you're doing strength training, make sure you're having some rest days. Um, you know, and sometimes I know for some athletes, they'll do strength training in the morning and then intervals or a ride at night or something like that if they're doing a two a day, right? But, you know, those hours definitely help them recover, sure, but then they also have rest days. And I will say for my older athletes, you know, people who are in their 40s and, and up, so my demographic and up, sometimes two rest days work really well. I will also say the caveat is if you are in a high stress environment with work, life, school, whatever, maybe taking two rest days is important for you too. And when I say rest days, that doesn't mean complete rest, which can be if you want, but on those rest days, maybe it's also, you know, doing some swimming or doing a nice easy hike or going to the rock climbing gym and just, you know, solving a couple problems on the wall, whatever it is for you. All right. Just make sure it's easy. It's nothing super stupendous and dynamic. And also that's, that those are perfect days when you can do like a zone two ride or something easy peasy. All right. All right. Second thing to consider to help improve your fatigue is nutrition. Get curious about whether you're fueling enough. I will often see that athletes just aren't fueling enough and they're wondering why they're so ravenous, especially after their big training days or sometimes even on rest days. They're like, oh my God, my hunger just came out of nowhere. Chances are they might be under recovering, under sleeping and under fueling. So check to make sure you're eating enough. Third, hydration. Seriously, seriously. Are you even hydrating? All right. I'm not asking you to drink a gallon of water. Oh, hell no. You're going to be in the bathroom all fucking day. Uh, Instead, just recognize that dehydration can actually impact sleep too. So it's just something to consider, something to think about. What I, I usually suggest for folks is to take their body weight in pounds, divide that by two, take 50% of that, and then aim that aim for that number in ounces of water. Okay. So, or clear liquids basically that aren't alcohol, of course. So like if you're 150 pounds, great. You're going to try to aim for 75 ounces of water per day or clear liquids. Okay. Again, alcohol doesn't count friend. Caffeinated beverages can count. Um, you know, especially if you do regularly drink caffeinated beverages, but I will go ahead and say, and this takes us to our next bullet point. Number four here, are you overly caffeinated? All right. If you're the type of person who's like, oh man, I'm tired in like 2 PM. Let me have my coffee. Let me have my afternoon pick me up. And I get it. It feels so good. Caffeine is an amazing drug. I understand. But are you overly caffeinated? So if you're drinking usually more than like a cup or two, so that's, that's eight ounces. Goodness. Excuse me. That's like eight ounces um, for a cup. All right. So a cup of coffee, if you're drinking more than a couple cups of coffee a day, you might want to just consider like withdrawing from caffeine for a little bit and then coming back to it. I know it might suck. You might have a headache for a day or two. I know that happens to me after I withdraw caffeine, I'll usually get a headache for a day or two and then it goes away. 
Um, But then what's funny is you'll probably notice that you're actually going to be more clear-minded once you've been off caffeine for a few days. It's kind of wild. And then you can, of course, reintroduce it. But the thing is, is this cycle of feeling tired or having coffee in the morning. Great, it lasts you for the morning. Then you're tired in the afternoon, so then you do an afternoon pick-me-up is your body's in this constant stress state, all right? And it does release some cortisol, which cortisol is our friend. It is a stress hormone though, but it is something we need. It is something that is re- it's required uh, in order to, to kind of survive. So if you're over-caffeinating, then that could be impacting sleep and just your mood and anxiety and tension in your body. So it might just be time to like consider it, okay? Trust me, I'm not trying to be your enemy. I'm trying to be your friend. All right, number five, check in with your resting heart rate and also your HRV. I I did mention your HRV earlier. Uh, Again, this is heart rate variability. I I did talk about it in a previous episode. I haven't done an individual episode on HRV, but, you know, it's something to kind of check in with. And resting heart rate is going to be more accessible for folks. This is going to be you taking your heart rate for 15 seconds in the morning, first thing before you even get out of bed. And then multiply that by four. That's going to be your resting heart rate for the minute, okay? Uh, Do it before you look at news, look at social media, email, whatever. It should be like right upon waking, you know, and that's going to be a little bit more accurate. And then start to track your resting heart rate and just kind of see how the trends are. Um, HRV, if you want to explore this, and this is going to be something I'm just going to have to do a whole episode on, but with HRV, there are some apps that are out there that can help guide you to learn a little bit more about your body and how HRV impacts you, okay? Because I love I love using technology and I love getting those data points. However, sometimes folks become so obsessed with those data points and then they forget to check in with themselves and they forget to get curious with themselves. But there are some really good apps that are out there and I'm a big fan of hrvfortraining.com or also EliteHRV.com. They do have their respective apps. I'll go ahead and link them in the show notes. I'm not paid by either one of these individuals. I just, I follow their research online. You know, um, I will say like HRV for training, it is followed by a lot of professional teams and Olympic medalists and just, I mean, the highest level of sports. Um, Elite HRV has been featured in magazines and publications, yes. But um, it's kind of one of those things where they've done a really good job with marketing. So they're really good at that. Again, I think you should probably explore these apps and just see kind of which one works best for you. But please know that even though even though EliteHRV.com might say, we're the, the, the best HRV tracking app you know, in the world, <laughs> Uh, it's kind of a marketing thing, you know? So like what defines best really? I mean, what defines best? So I'm real big on exploring it, but explore these HRV HRV apps, but get in touch with how you're feeling. All right. At the same time, that's really, really important. And then the last thing is sleep for the love of dog. Get some damn sleep. Sleep is often the first thing to go, but it is the biggest game changer when it comes to making a difference in your energy. So make your bedtime routine something that chills you the fuck out for the final 30 to 60 minutes before bedtime without any blue light, ideally. Okay. Again, I just need to do an episode, a whole episode, just on sleep, just hundred percent on sleep. So hundred percent on HRV, hundred percent on sleep. It'll happen. 
It'll happen. It's going to happen, friends. With that, I want to go ahead and say that the winter phase of my Shred Strong Group Strength and Conditioning Program for mountain bikers and gravel cyclists starts on Monday, November 6th. Deadline to join is midnight on Friday, November 3rd. Follow the link in the show notes to learn more and to register. It's the same exact training that I myself follow. And of course I love, but I know I'm biased. It does include three strength sessions, a cardio interval session, and multiple mobility and stability sessions every week, as well as a regular Zoom community chat with me to review a wide range of topics. I hope to see you in there. I will go ahead and say I'm going to go ahead and make a plug for our first Zoom community chat will be the first week of the program. I'll go over some basics and just reminders on the app and kind of how I formulate programming. That way you can understand what the hell my mad scientist brain does every every month when I make the programming. But also, we're going to do a values exercise because you're only going to show up if you are tied to your values and and the values are tied with your programming and your training. All right. So with our first Zoom call in November, the first week that you all join, we will do a values exercise and it's going to be rad. At least I think it's going to be rad. I personally always love doing values exercises, but I hope to see you in there again. Check the link in the show notes to learn more. Um, It does also include links to join and all of this stuff. If you have any questions, just message me on Instagram or email me using the links in in the show notes. Um, I hope that this episode, even with my little tangent because I'm so passionate about this, I hope that it helped you. And if it did, please, please share it on social media. Tag me at Shift Human Performance and I will catch you next week. In the meantime, I hope you have a beautiful day. And that you check in with yourself and get curious about, you know, whether or not you should take a rest day or ease into your training. All right. Bye, friend. I'll see you next week.